0: Good morning,
1: Afghanistan! From Gardenia. We're not in Afghanistan today. That'd be fun. But yeah, yeah, good morning to Afghanistan. Well, I guess, shit. With the time difference, it's more like, "Good evening, Afghanistan. If anybody happens to be watching from Afghanistan as Adam versus the Man comments from a safe distance on the fall of Kabul today, yes. Yes, we've got we got a big Afghanistan block about the withdrawal. Lots to get into there. Uh, one of the memes I posted yesterday was uh, it was a v- it was a cartoon. I should probably give credit to the guy. He, he got a signature on it, so I didn't have to like credit it. But you know, it's one of those cartoons going around, and and, and especially right now, like all the meme pages I've seen this posted multiple places. It's a Vietnam veteran with his legs blown off in a wheelchair. And he's reading a newspaper. He's at home. He's reading a newspaper about the fall of Saigon. And then there's uh, that's that's like half the meme. And then the other half is uh, it looks like a global war on terror veteran, you know, with uh, with mechanical legs, uh, with them having been blown off, like from the knee down, Uh, reading on his phone. (laughs) Got to love the technological generational difference there. Right. Reading on his phone about the fall of uh, of Afghanistan today to the Taliban. Uh, well, I guess really last week when it started. Although today we have uh, a real sense of of what a mess it is, and this is one of those times where uh, I, I want to I, I, I'm I want to be concerned, right? There's going to be some whiplash effect here. And I, I'd i like to think we're past that. Like in the age of the internet with the American conversation about foreign policy and Afghanistan and global war on terror in particular. The idea, oh, well, there's going to be a power vacuum. Yeah, well, whatever fills it is going to fill it. Be, the American empire is not what should be filling the power vacuums of the world. No shit.
0: Right. And I, I think we've learned enough. I hope. Ugh am I like too optimistic? I love you can people. Never be too optimistic I
1: love people. And I'm, I'm generally too hopeful. If anything, I err on the side and I I stand by my bias towards love and positivity and human empowerment, right. Rather than disempowerment. Uh, I think we're learning. Wasn't it Mark Twain said the one thing we learn from history is we never freaking learn from history. Right. But I think in terms of all of the excuses that have been used for the surge after surge after surge in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. I remember when that was the debate back in 2007. Holy shit. It's been a long time. If we leave, there's going to be a power vacuum. We have to have another surge of troops to fight the resurgent Taliban. And it's not Al Qaeda. That's the enemy anymore. It's the, Oppressive old government of the P, and it's like, yeah, the Taliban is not like some other foreign invading force that's that's taking over. The Taliban is powerful in Afghanistan because it has popular support. I'm not going to defend it. This is like you see two idiots fighting, right? You're not going to say, well, that guy's the the good one. No, they're, they're like, I'm not defending the Taliban. But as, as an alternative to the American empire that has wrought destruction in Afghanistan for how many years now? 20? 20, 20 years? Almost? Since 9-11? Longer, Longer. with covert interventions pre-9-11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but directly occupying the country almost 20 years now. I think, I think Biden had to cut it before it became the 20-year war. We're going to get into all the relevant stories about this today. The blame game. They're blaming it on Trump. It was
2: Trump's. Jesus Christ. Can we, can't we blame it on Bush? Can we still blame Like, do we, do we just. How about we just start blaming the government? We I mean, we just yeah. got done blaming Obama for everything and then blaming Bush for everything. Now we're blaming Trump for everything. you think people would wake up and realize, oh, it's it's just the government.
1: Or in this case, the military industrial complex. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got my Instagram pulled up here just so I can get this comic right and give credit to J.M. Crane. Or J.H. Crane. Excuse me, and it's a uh, you know cartoon split diagonally, and the the top left is 1975, the Vietnam vet, no legs in a wheelchair on a newspaper reading the New York Times. Communists take over Sa- Saigon, and they're both going sigh. And then in the the other shot, you just see the guy's lap. You don't even see the dude's face. It's just his cami pants and his mechanical one mechanical leg, and he's reading on his cell phone. Afghanistan's second largest city. Falls to Taliban. And uh, we're going to get into today a, a little bit about the tactical situation, where we're at right now with the withdrawal, or where we, humanity, you know, because humanity has an interest in, in, in major conflicts like this. So I guess in some, in some cases, it's appropriate to say we. I don't say we in terms of we, the United States, or we, the military in this case, no. Um, but it's a disaster. People, people planes taken off with people clinging to them and falling off. That's, that's how bad it got recently.
0: That's where we're at right now.
1: So with that, uh, we got uh, we got the Afghanistan block. We got a COVID block. We got Chris Cole. We the parents. My old friend who has got some updates on his personal situation as well as his podcast and his activism trucking along. Again, one of the things I was was really proud to have been. Uh, we can call can we, can we call Chris Cole's activism uh, a spinoff of the Kokesh campaign? Is that? That's a little unfair to Chris to call it just that. that
2: it's more than that. Definitely
1: I, by... I, get, I get some credit for, for creating the spinoff of the Kokesh campaign for, for, by... for, for, for pushing Chris to the next level in his activism. I definitely want to take some credit. We also have someone join us um, from Kansas. Cece. Right? Yeah. This is a fun little last-minute interview. Um, well,
2: she was watching the, uh, the Mary interview.
1: Leandria? CC. Oh, I'm looking That's at the wrong days. She, day. she no, wants to go by C.C. She she
2: goes by C.C. Oh,
1: okay. Everyone calls her C.C. Excuse me. Um, so talking about how they were cheated out of the election. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting uh, to have that fun follow up. Uh, because in the case with. Uh, the interview we did last week, with, um, Miss Geralt. I'm sorry. What's her first name? Mary. Mary Geralt, uh, running for a county commissioner. It's not the title. It's something like it. It that position in uh, Kansas City, Kansas, and basically being pushed out by the machine.
2: Lieutenant Governor is what she was running for.
1: Not with this last race. Is it, was it, was it, no, no, it was a, it was a prior race. Okay. Anyway, uh, Cece. Mm, yeah. And this is really cool because Cece I'm is not sure. coming on. To, she's coming on as the the like post loss hype man uh, <laughs> for this past election. For libertarians, So we're going to get into the details. Of that. I know the timing is weird. It's August. Why are we talking about election? Special county election, something like that. But we'll get into this. And it's a fun follow up because I think it's a really, it's not a unique example, but it's a uniquely clear example of the political machine that exists even at the county level. And in this, it's it's the what's the county name? It's the unified county that's Kansas City city government. Placer. Place. Placer. It's it was, no, that's yeah. California. Um, anyways, the the county in, uh, in that is the unified Kansas City, Kansas city and county government has a, a thirty five million dollar racket around utilities, and that's what she was going to challenge. And oftentimes, as libertarians, as activists. Especially as libertarian candidates, we go in with a certain naivete, accepting the false premises that they use to present our election system as a, as a fair, balanced, open uh, system that's uh, critical to our d- democracy. Blah blah blah, right? And it's like, no, not even fucking close. And we go in often as as I, and I don't. I think what's also interesting about Mary. Uh, Geralt and uh, her husband Ed Kelly, who's was, was the chair of LP Kansas, so they weren't going in uh, blind to this. But I see a lot of local libertarian candidates do go in blind, right, Joey? You see that? They will look. This is a winnable race if I just do this and this and this. Wyandotte uh, Wyandot County? Thank you. That's, I should have run. Goofy ass name, right? Wyandot. Thank you, Pyramid Thank Seven. You, Pyramid seven. seven, excellent. We have great commenters. Um, by the way, we're we're getting away from the comment contest because we just want to like. Have an organic conversation, engage with our audience now, rather than like force this. It's more like a fun thing. It's 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 been like the producers' club defending the producers' club. So if someone has an idea for how to like maybe branch that out, um, that should be our comment contest today. What would you like to replace the comment contest with? Because we haven't we didn't really do it last week. I think Ed had one, and it was kind. Of, I, I like asking questions to the audience when I'm trying to figure something out, right? <laughs> that's what I love about the show. One of the things I love about the show is I don't come in pretending like I know everything. I know what I know and I know what I'm right about. But there's one of the reasons I'm right about so much is that I ask deeper questions that I don't know the answers to. And I dig and I dig and I figure things out. And a lot of times I see what what makes me and, and, and my audience and people who think like us stand out from the rest of the libertarian movement or the activism movement is that we don't charge blindly ahead with unknowns unsettled. We ask those questions. We settle them. We know when we take action, the context in which we are taking it in terms of strategy and politics and the dynamics of the world, because we ask these questions like, is humanity getting more or less free over time? What is the immediate impact of the technology that's coming in the next five to 10 years? I guess that's not immediate. On, on politics of the world, on governments. How does that affect my choices as an individual and my lifestyle? If I'm a libertarian and I, and I notice that there are these unethical things in the world and I am called upon not only to fight the injustices of the world, but to live more ethically, how are my actions and behaviors contributing to those evils through unconscious consumerism those kinds of questions not that i claim to have answered all but what makes it fun is that more always 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 are coming up and especially strategically uh, oftentimes libertarian activists are tempted to use metaphors of confrontation of war of fighting to talk about what we're doing with government and i do too you know you can take the marine out of a rock but you can't get all the sand out of his ass so I think that's how it goes. Uh Justin O'Donnell, another veteran Wayne and uh Justin, love to have your take on what's going on in Af- Afghanistan here. Uh Biden just announced he will be making an announcement on Afghanistan at 3:45 p.m. Eastern time today. Oh, the the withdrawal failed and we need to send in another 100,000 troops. Uh I I don't know. I don't want to make that prediction. I don't I don't want to call it. Uh I I think like I said we've learned a lot of these lessons. But anyway, to the, to my last point here before we get to producer's notes. And, uh, Justin, maybe if you want to call in briefly at the end of our Afghanistan block, um, I think you're in our Producers Club, if you have the link there or you want to get with Jim. Um, Justin is just uh, a, a veteran I have a lot of respect for as an activist. Uh, Evergreen, a friend from uh, New Hampshire. Evergray, you're a philosopher, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Renaissance man includes philosophy, right? Great opening. I'd like to, yeah. So anyway, no, no to, to the last part of my opening, last point. Especially in times of large-scale violence and international conflict, we are all the more tempted as activists to use the language of war and conflict metaphorically in our activism, in our confrontation of the state and the injustices of the world. But when we talk about the injustices of the world that are manifest as statism, we're not talking about a sudden violent intervention. We're talking about the machinations of institutions, of large machines, of the military industrial complex. We are talking about confronting the manifestations of something much deeper psychologically in human nature of all of our desires to control and dominate and manipulate others by force. All of our tendencies to succumb to fear and manipulation by those who would take advantage of us and manipulate us as politicians, the string pullers as manipulators of the system. And it's not accurate at all when you understand it to call it a war, to call it a fight even. You're not fighting government. I think there's a, there's an old sort of leftist anarchist activist quote. And I don't know if this is attributed to someone or if it's just one of those things that's out there, but you know, your heart is a muscle the size of your fist. Keep loving, keep fighting. And I love that that phrasing combines the love and the fight, and shows that there's that love behind it. But it doesn't go so far as to really bridge the gap and solve the problem that I'm talking about, because it still feeds into that mentality of conflict. As libertarians, we do not seek to confront the state. We do not seek to defeat anybody. We seek to achieve a voluntary world of humans living in harmony. And as Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world, we must be the embodiment of that harmony element of our message. We must be striving to always live in harmony when what we are against is the current conflicts, the lack of harmony, the places where people are giving into fear and exploitation. So I catch myself sometimes using that language of conflict. And I would like to really rid it, maybe not from my vocabulary, but from my vernacular of describing what we're doing. Because what's much more accurate here is that we are lifting humanity up. We are bringing a state of greater harmony. We are de-escalating. We are settling the conflicts of the world. We are empowering people with love and self-love and better practical self-care. You notice that's a big part of our movement, right? We have the Libertarian Party Fitness Caucus now. Is that what it's called? I love it. I love it. And I love that our 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 former interim chair, now back to, to vice chair, Ken Mollman, was, was a part of that and lost 100 pounds because libertarians motivated him and inspired him. And we inspire and motivate each other to live better, to love better, to live in harmony. Rock Landstone weighs in on YouTube. Do you think that the woke... Military will be a more humane military yes, there are there are certain problems with the military being woke, um, but it 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 should lead to a, a higher standard of fidelity to things like the Geneva Conventions and not torturing people like i did as as By the way, I had a great interview a few days ago with scott horton the the infamous uh, the legendary Scott horton of antiwar.com. Uh, about getting out of the military versus quitting the police force and talked a lot about my experience with uh, with torture in Fallujah. Um, and that calling to achieve greater harmony for humanity must include at some level a rejection of militarism, a rejection of the mentality of conflict. And so I'll end this rant with a quote from john lennon i think i do this like every week don't i at least monthly
0: at least monthly monthly. there's one one opening rant but it's
1: do it it's worth yeah no one's objecting i i i wouldn't mind reading this quote on the air every week
2: daily like the pledge
1: it could be yeah and it could be like could be part of the opening of this show we had one of those openings with a bunch of quotes and stuff although i really like our cool opening that we have now with all the famous it. figures progressing through history that lead to this progression maybe we need to sneak John Lennon into that progression into our intro the quote from John Lennon is and it's grammatically incorrect I feel like I have to fix it every time but I'm just going to read it because this was him in an interview so, so said when it gets down to having to use violence then you are playing the system's game the establishment will irritate you pull your beard flick your face to make you fight because once they've got you violent then they know how to handle it. The only thing they don't know how to handle is nonviolence and humor. And of course, our excellent executive producer, Jim Freedom, has that quote handy, although it's not, it's not the cool backdrop that I got on my computer that I made with the, the purple and orange, but yeah, I, made, I made my own version of well, that quote for a graphic, just, that
0: graphic just
1: for my desktop. But see, I've got my icons over John Lennon's head and then the thing on the right. I yeah, like really. we should
0: put
2: that desktop image in the Producers Club so everybody can use it. Be reminded.
1: Okay, I'll do it right now. Jim, give us the producer notes.
3: What's going on? The producer notes are everything John Lennon just said. That's it. Oh, I'm just kidding. t.me4 slash Adam versus Saman. Man. You're going to be able to find that quoted picture there relatively soon and that's available for anybody to join public telegram channel so definitely get connected with that if you want to be involved so let's talk about the ways you can support the show we got a patreon i don't know if you knew that but patreon.com forward slash adam versus demand. we got one five ten even a fifty dollar a month package ten dollars a month will get you access to what's called the private producers club that's a telegram chat that quote that meme that we just talked about will also be there if you have access to that Uh, So definitely get involved. Instagram at the garden of freedom. You can see adorable pictures of cats and all the fur babies of gardenia and life in general sunsets. Uh, Instagram has all the visual stimulation you'll ever need in your life. So if you want to smile, go to Instagram, search at the garden of freedom. Good times. Next, we check out HomefrontBattleBuddies.com, the veterans nonprofit organization that is attempting to end the need for combat veterans in the first place. If you'd like to know how to how they're going to do that or contribute to them doing that, you can donate through the website HomefrontBattleBuddies.com and all of your donations are Theft deductible. So that is very important and very awesome. Visit homefrontbattlebuddies.com. Next, we check out the crypto, the number six.com, the Bitcoin church that was raided up in Keene, New Hampshire. You can donate to their legal funds here. You can write to Mr. Nobody, who's still sitting in a cage here. Uh, please visit the crypto, the number six.com to get those things done. And lastly, we check out gogreenenergyonline.com, the website we send people to that are thinking about doing it themselves to get themselves on solar power, micro wind power just to get themselves off the grid, self-sustained no matter where they live. If you want to educate yourself on how to do it yourself, go com is a website for you. I hope you enjoy the show today everybody. Here we go with our co-host.
1: All right, Joey, welcome to the show. Hi. Already.
3: Good morning. Chip shots from the cheap seats
1: in my rant this morning. I, I love your contributions here.
0: You I'm not thoughts on my a, mouth
1: shut. Yeah, well, <laughs> That's it. barefoot and naked and pregnant right in the kitchen right. um, and on the air uh, we'll get we'll get there we'll get there uh, but I know I know you have thoughts about the militarism versus the harmony and you know how that relates like if if there's one thing I want to give my audience like I I, I mean if, if I have a small audience for the rest of my life doing this show but it's a part of humanity that is on the page of love and harmony as opposed to conflict.
0: Worth it. Absolutely.
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, this is a news show. You know, we make sure that you know what's going on in the world. If you're watching Adam versus the Man five days a week, even though Fridays, we take off from, like, current events and political-type headlines. They do nothing but good news. We do catch-up on headlines Mondays and Thursdays mostly. Be a little more in-depth Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, with our current layout of the week anyway. Uh, but really, even more importantly than that, I think if you're tuned into to my message, um, and I, I don't want to say that I'm perfect on this. Absolutely not. Like that I'm oh, I am. I live in harmony and I have no internal conflict or inclination to conflict with other human beings or that I'm some perfect Zen guru floating around the earth. Uh, but I have locked on to this idea and I know how to point myself towards it in others. And I think I know uniquely how to move humanity towards this through embracing ethics and politics. Cause that's what libertarian is. And that's what, for me, localization is the embodiment of how, how to get humanity to live in harmony. But enough, enough, uh, teases for my 2024 presidential run, Joey, on this, on this count of living in harmony versus, versus conflict and bringing that into conflict, um, How do you see that relevant to the audience or what we're doing with the show right now and do you want to do you want to connect that to a comment contest today or like how if if our if if we the the anna versus the man team that is that is me and the weird thing in my brain that points in this direction and everybody who wants to help move in this direction and support my voice by even being in, 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 in a casual audience member right uh, to being an engaged audience member, to being a member of the producers' club, to being you know a super fan promoter of the show, to being uh, a member of the core team uh, as a as a uh, co-host or one of the the core business partners that are the the top of the Adam versus the Man pyramid. Me and Joey and Jim, um, we are we are a team. Uh, I don't. I, I like to think of Freedom Family as as maybe maybe bigger than bigger than the Adam versus the Man team I like the is the Freedom Family. family. It's everybody oh, who's who's on board with this spiritually watching. right? Everybody who's who's cued in and moving maybe in their own way doesn't necessarily care about or need That's Adam's different. message on the regular, right? They read the book. They got it. They're doing their own thing now. That's fine. They read Freedom. We don't promote Freedom enough on the show, by the way. We should be. I mean, it's it's right there. We, we promote it be. every second of the show. This logo is the cover. Of a book you can read. By the you way, can get it for free. You can,
0: listen to you can
1: still buy it on Amazon, I think. Uh, I think we have, they owe me money. Uh, we we have, have they their... have a few paper copies of my book in one of their warehouses. You can get freedom at Amazon. You can get it free in every digital format possible at the freedom. That's zero, zero free. Freedom.
2: Yeah. Free.
0: Well,
2: I mean, you have to pay for your internet service or your device.
0: Unless you're, you're pirating use. that. Yeah. It should be.
2: Um, no, you're asking how that message of, of nonviolence equates to what we're doing? Is that, that, is that what... I mean, I got to switch it to non-aggression because it's the same thing, right? The harmony um, the, versus conflict. Harmony conflict. Think of so it harmony, harmony versus So right conflict. now we have YouTube and all the social media outlets just completely slamming us and blocking yeah. us. So what could we do, right? We could accept it ride right the wave, which we're doing and our audience is hanging on. And that's awesome, and the message is still getting out there effectively. So that's but we're
1: awesome. spinning our wheels in a lot of ways. Or, yeah, but right? would we it, not yeah,
2: be but... spinning our wheels more if we decided to go conflict on this and just try to like all out on YouTube? Yeah, and, like, see oh, that's I'm gonna the temptation. A publicist, oh I'm gonna yeah. And I'm going to go out and do this, and we're gonna, oh, we're gonna get you, you like no, no, we're not. The message is gonna get out, however it needs to get well, out because it needs to get out.
1: The, Joey, the, excuse me for interjecting here, but there's the temptation not just to be in conflict with YouTube. And bring that into the energy of the show, which I'm not going to do, but into the message itself. Yeah, I could. I could. And I, and I want to debate more people is one of the things we're looking forward to about upping our guest game and having debates on the show. But um, I don't, like, you know, even in uh, just talking shit, being sensationalistic, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. I, I don't do that. I no. don't know if you guys have noticed this. We don't need to talk about it. We
2: could
0: easily do it. We could so easily. I could do it. rant. I
1: could turn. I could, That's sort of the Alex Jones strategy. It's sensationalism of conflict, right? People watch fights, uh, and I don't. I I will I will show you the fights, but I'm not you. You want to watch me? You don't get to watch me jumping into the fights. You get to watch me being the voice on the side or maybe intervening in the middle of the fight at some point and that's in some resolution. ways that's yes conflict resolution sometimes that's there's so there's boring. intervention like cable
2: TV, though, but
1: I conflict mean. resolution nobody nobody shows well i don't know i have a seat it can go viral though you know my my talking down the veteran in the bar in new jersey video
0: I love that. Sure gets Coca, that. like, like that's,
1: that's de-escalation but in order for it to get attention it had to have the the specter of that juggernaut motherfucker he was a big like physically He's a big dude. like if i look like the wolverine he looked like the fucking juggernaut He's big. i mean he was like mass monster of a dude um would have crushed me in a fight unless i was some mastered jujitsu whatever the fuck and i'm not you know he would have crushed me uh but yeah taking taking that can get attention too but there's a balance. You want to read that?
2: Well, yeah. And, and why your message is so important and, and why the approach of non-aggression that you even put out in how you're dealing with the show is so important is because the public is of the opinion of this that Census 2000 put on uh, YouTube. Nonviolence is not working. The murderers and pedos are making the laws. They kill the list, starting with the seven countries, the American freedom fighters. Well, if Hold on. No,
1: no, no. I'm going to break this down. No, I can you totally can't... deconstruct this. You say nonviolence is not working today. You say the murders and pedos. Why are they murderers and pedos? Well, first of all, it's, they're doing violence. You say violence isn't working. Well, like, that's by definition. What you're pointing to is the violence that's not working. Yeah, that right Now, not working. now I want to point out in terms of harmony versus conflict. I am not, and and, and Joey, like when you said, I, I got to go back to this point, because you said uh, I want to say non-aggression. And I said, no, 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 it's harmony versus conflict. And we, we, Harmony it's it's not violence versus nonviolence entirely because I still believe in violent, forceful self-defense she, in this con in this in, in this construct and in this attitude. No I think
0: harm, even like I'm, like I'm
1: so down with that. Homesteading out here. Like if there's if there's a rattlesnake that's hissing at my dogs, I'm probably gonna kill it. If I can safely move it, I will. Which is also coercive, physical intervention. But it's to create harmony. I'm not some I'm not a pacifist hippie in the sense uh, who, who's going to engage in, the, in a different kind of delusion, right? Which is d- total disengagement to say like, no, no, no violence, aggression, ever. No, we have to acknowledge that the injustices of the world are, are violent and sometimes, but it's extremely rare, extremely, extremely rare. Forceful intervention is required to serve justice in defense, right? But what we're talking about isn't that, we don't have, we don't live in the era of widespread public violence. Yeah. We live in the era of institutionalized government violence. Is, is the majority of it? Hold on, go back to before you go back to census, census comment. I really, it's important. I want to deconstruct this, and we will get to our two headline blocks before our guest. Um, nonviolence is not working today. Okay, first of all, your statement is contradictory because murders and pedos are doing violence. Pedos, when you're talking about abusive pedos, not. Just people who are sick and can can control it, but people who are active pedos, pedos, I don't know, pedos, sexual right? Assail. Who are assaulting kids. Yeah. Yes, that, that that's an act of violence, right? In a sense. Um they are making the laws and the kill list starting with seven countries and the American Freedom Fighters. Now, one thing that's interesting about this comment, starting with seven countries, it goes back to nine-eleven and and r- brings me back to the 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 we were we were conspiracy theorists, right? For saying uh that you know, even even for me in 2007, pointing out that it was Oh, what was the was not APAC that's American Israel Political Action Committee? But um, there's another hack group like uh, Project for a New American Century PNAC, right? They had that plan. We're going to take over this, we're going to do Afghanistan and then Iraq and then this and then this. And there's all these different countries in the Middle East, So like seven countries. Yeah. And they're doing it in different ways. But I think oh, Iran was one, um, but I think Their um, their plan is being limited. Like the, we the, the humanity has learned enough and and putting a check on militarism in the American military empire, they're not going to get away with that you know, 7 country state over plan. But to the point that the more importantly, to the point of our conversation, the idea that senses raises here that nonviolence is not working today, it is exactly nonviolence that is limiting. it is it is only violence that is causing this violence historically as as a, as a, as a cycle. And it is only nonviolence that is working to address that. So MERS and Pedos, what makes them murders and pedos? Parental abuse,
2: A violent upbringing, violent A upbringing, sort of an aggressive, violent upbringing. So
1: how do you? So
2: maybe I don't not from parents, maybe from teachers or, so, but from somebody.
1: So this is where I think of the Arvind point. and I give him credit for this because he really brought this to the movement with his presidential campaign. That if you got rid of this government tomorrow, this, this uh, society would produce the same government the next day, and it's not exactly true quite holding true like that. But his point or the point to me that I get from that is that it is the paradigm of the society that produces the institutions that we experience, right? The, the government is the product uh, or what is it? The, 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 there's, is it a Dubois quote? The limits of tolerance are prescribed by the, or the, 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 whatever the limits of the oppressed, right? It's exploiters in society will always exist. And what they get away with is will only be limited by the paradigm. And So you could stop the murders and pedos who are in power right now. You could fight, right? You could fight and confront that injustice legally, politically, even with vigilante justice in some cases, and you would be right. You would be righteous. You might even be ethical in all of that, right? But I suppose you can't be righteous if you're not also being ethical. However. If you apply this analysis of harmony versus conflict, how do we love people out of being murders and pedos? Now, that doesn't address the immediate injustices, but if it's futile, if you address the immediate injustice and you beat it halfway, well, then there's another one and another one another one. But if you beat it, if you let this injustice slide in order to strike the root, Henry David Thoreau, for every thousand striking the branches of evil, there is one Striking the root. If you let the current injustice slide, and it hurts, because that means you have to watch people die. You have to watch people die that you could stop their deaths from happening in order to prevent many, many future deaths. And this is like the weird psychopath's choice, right? You want, can, can the psychopath throw a fat man onto a train track to save the lives of 10 people laying down the track, Right? You guys get the idea to throw the fat man on the track and derails a train save 10 lives. Can you kill one person to save 10? Fortunately, you are not confronted with having to actually physically throw someone onto a train track in order to achieve this higher objective of striking the root and acting in love and promoting harmony versus conflict. Because conflict leads you to fight the current injustice, seeking love and harmony and empowering even of the victimizers like we were as veterans means loving and empowering them in such a way that they aren't murderers or pedos, or maybe loving your children in such a way that they grow up to empower their generation and spread that love or reaching out to other children in your community and raising the next generation or raising the vibration of the paradigm of the society as a whole. And it sounds really hippy dippy but I really mean change the paradigm because it fucking lowers the tolerance for the bullshit from the murders and the pedos in power who are making the laws and the kill lists. And the wars, and everything else. And we see that that approach of harmony versus conflict provides also then a better immediate relief to injustice, because if you raise the vibration, I, I don't like I don't use that word. It just sounds right in this context. For the first, maybe I'm turning into a hippie. My hair gets longer and I'm getting old. I'm growing into a hippie. Smoke enough pot and it rots your brain from the inside, right? Next thing you know, you're all about love. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, But this idea of uh, raising the vibration of society might be as simple as what we think of as political education efforts. Let's educate people about the injustices and the evils because there's enough love there already inherently in humanity, in the American people, certainly, that we won't tolerate that shit when we're made aware of it.
2: See, and right after Senses 2000's last comment, he left that one. And Spread the
1: knowledge and create the plan. Okay, so you're already, you're already getting on, track, on the, on the track. same track as me here. I really Another appreciate it. No. And Senses, I, by the way, the comments like this, this is my favorite part of the show. Yeah. The comments that disagree with me that I get to deconstruct and explain why I'm right because you didn't quite get my point because I didn't do it well enough the first time. You guys really helped me deepen my own understanding and communication of these ideas. To to help them reach a broader audience. So senses, while I I really disagree with that phrasing that you started the last comment with of you know, nonviolence isn't working, um, I'm really glad you made that comment. And you see that, you know, education might be the manifestation of love and harmony as a strategy right now. So it's harmony versus harmony versus conflict as strategic options in confronting the injustices of the state. Right. And the strategy of harmony always ends in a better result.
2: Totally. Every time. But, But, you know, it may be a more difficult path there. I mean, that's that's something I don't know if you've noticed like that path to harmony is a little bit more tedious, maybe a little bit more painful, but the pain's delivered in little spurts as you go down that road. Right. It's it's that the the road less traveled or the straight path, what do you eat mm. that road to harmony can, can sometimes be intimidating because it involves change. Well it's like what's it easier involves, eating like,
1: your vegetables it, every day or having a tumor taken out when you're fifty.
2: You know what? If you ask ninety nine percent of Americans right now, I think they'd say they'd want the tumor taken out.
1: I mean realistically
2: every day? look outside. They're all eating McDonald's, they know better, right? We we know Not I know everybody. better. We're when past I this. Uh, this. Uh, hold on,
1: hold on. on. What's the trend, Joey? America's past peak obesity. We get health we're getting healthier
2: over time. Are we really? Overall, is well, thing? I mean, more people are dying of overeating than they are of starvation, which is both a good and a bad thing. Like sure. I you see people dying of overeating. Well, they're not literally. Well, hold on. Like, when you,
1: critical, hold on. You know, when you at the, it's way better because when you die from starvation, you die like in 40 days when you die from overeating, you die in 40 years. Yeah. Big fucking difference. I know which ones. one I would choose. But it's th- this gets back to the idea we got from our friend, uh, Thomas Costanzo. That, that he gave us from Buddhism, from his time in jail, resulting from his uh, local bitcoins trading.
0: Oh, um,
1: yeah, life is suffering. Activist is what the Buddha said. Camp. Buddha yeah. said life is suffering. Yeah, and I wholeheartedly disagree with that wording because it's not about pain, it's, but it's effort. Uh. Life is effort. So if you say life is struggle, perhaps I might agree with that. But either way, the frame, the point of this is not to to create a mantra of life is suffering but to create an insight. And the insight here is that the avoidance of suffering, the avoidance of that inherent struggle of life is counter to life itself and leads to greater suffering. True. If the struggle is maintaining your health, I don't want to say that's, maintaining your health isn't suffering, it's it, you can like call it a genius, chore, but it's something you should, I can enjoy, enjoy eating good food, enjoy taking, taking your vitamins, I'm doing like a good chore, thing. Enjoy it, drinking you like water, to make that yeah. Your
2: garbage all over your damn house, right? Yeah, like, you wouldn't they,
1: consider. I, I would say that a happy, enlightened person, when they go to take out the trash, it's a chore, but they enjoy that they're gonna making their them. home cleaner. They enjoy maintaining a healthy life. Flow the of food the comes in, trash goes out. The goods come in, waste goes out. And yeah, pick apart the way modern Americans do trash all day. Not getting into that. But the idea that life is effort. Similarly, it's, it's patience. And that's what love is. Love is patient, love is kind. How's the cliche go?
2: It's not a cliche, it's actually a Bible verse.
1: Oh, it's, a bi- it's Oh, that's right. It's a it's Bible, Bible, Bible verse. thing. It's I'm just Christian quoting Christian everybody thing. up in it's here one this of those morning. Even the Christians Bible.
2: Don't pay attention to. I don't want to. The, the Christian Church doesn't pay attention to wanna,
1: uh, modern perverted American Christian mainstream culture has forgotten. You mean?
2: Yeah, that's the one.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
2: modern. It's it's the Christian no. no, that's they. They always kept that out. Remember, they didn't even they didn't even let the common people read the Bible in the language they could. That's read a good point. Because they wanted to lie to them about the. That's a good point. And all. No, no, but, uh, no. but Christianity been a, yeah. is getting better. If humanity is getting better, we have to say that the tyranny of, of religion is.
1: Well, the, the way I see Christianity, quick supper, and We'll get to Kabul because uh, we're 40 minutes in now is it that from the beginning oh blood raw truth. truth she looks absolutely beautiful smoking hitting that ball oh thanks does. and thanks uh, for watching on
0: Twitch.
1: but like christianity was formed out of the gnostic gospels and all the bo- books that were codified the by the council of nicaea of of into the bible yes. for a tool of control but there was inherent beauty and wisdom even though i disagree with the mythology of Christianity, I value a lot of the wisdom and respect why even the mythology has been such a powerful story. And there are, there's been a sort of split in Christianity from the beginning of regimented Christians and spiritual Christians, right? Or institutional Christians versus spiritual Christians. You know, you see, you see that split, right? And I love my spiritual Christians. I love my righteous Christians. I love my Christians for whom Christianity I, and the Bible is is not a literal thing, but the way that they connect to God if, and if the universe and living to, better. Yeah, if absolutely. I had
2: to pick something I would call myself that. It, it's it's I'm and, very Christian and, in my beliefs, but I read the Bible. I read the whole thing and I picked it apart, and I totally got something different than what they were telling me.
1: And then there's the institutional Christians, right. Who are like a shadow of that, and they're perverted very much. And and I think about Joey, like what you're saying about the early days of Christianity. We lived in a in a totally different world. That is of world. Violence,
0: that is, and that was the scare, government at the time. Control. Think that
1: too. I think Christianity didn't need to be perverted to the modern American. I think there's a unique within institution, institutional Christianity. And there, it's not a clean bifurcation here. There's, there's branches that are in between and there's the Unitarians and blah, 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 blah. I get it. Um, there's all sorts of stripes. Uh, evangelical people versus people like Bishop. Barber. I don't know Bishop Barber. Send me a link. Send me a link. I'd be Bishop curious Bishop not to Bishop Barber
2: is like, like, uh, a, uh Jimmy Swagger is
1: that his name? No, no, he's saying evangelicals. I think are the bad ones. People like Bishop Barber. He's suggesting is a good Christian, I suppose here. Um, but again, the what what is the value in, in 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 the good Christianity? It's that it seeks to live by the Spirit. Of Christ of love and forgiveness and sacrifice. And that's what
0: the Christian church
2: and Gray brings us up on. To you cover know? up his message, yeah. Yeah, so if you Jesus believe in the mythology, disrupted. that's 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 the best explanation for the read like the whole said, thing. Jesus was so <laughs> disruptive that they had to institute a globe-spanning religion to cover up his message. And that's what I got when I was a child and actually read through and it was a kid's Bible, so it was it was translated <laughs> in language I could understand the first time I went through it. I read through that and I was like, "No, this is question authority." And this says, "No matter what, no matter who it is—the president, the king—the you, you question them, and you always do what's right, even if they're going to burn you at a stake." Right? Like that's what you do. That's what Jesus represents, and and that's what yeah, the 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 institution of Christianity had to cover up and forget. God it's like fear versus ever so, that, This that, is that self empowerment, you know. This is
1: um, one last philosophical note here. What's the opposite of love? We are taught it is love versus hate, and it's not, it's love versus fear. Because hate requires some emotional engagement, right? There's some love in hate.
2: Fear comes before hate.
1: But what prevents love, right? Fear. Fear, separation. Love is connectedness, fear is separation. Hate is a different kind of twisted connectedness. I'm I'm not justifying hate or saying that it's on par with love, but it's not love versus hate it's love versus fear and that gets to the split in christianity and that gets us to the theme of today's 44 minute opening range
0: really good
1: which is choose harmony over conflict if you want a world of peace every time every time every time so now that we're 44 minutes in can we, do, can we do an eight-minute Afghanistan block and an eight-minute COVID block? Get to it. I have to way too many headlines. You got it. IndiaTVNews.com, Afghanistan, shocking video shows, three people falling off plane midair in Kabul. Yeah, I started with just with this just because I want to point out the fucking tragedy of a clusterfuck that th- this is uh, appropriately or predictably ending as. Uh, you'll get a sense from all of our other headlines today about where we are with all the logistics of this, but the I, I saw a handful of videos getting around social media uh, on some of the telegram channels I follow of crazy chaotic scenes at airports um what was that movie recently was it iceland or greenland greenland where they they had to flee for some reason and there were like crowds panicked at airports it reminded me of like movie scenes where you're like how did they lose this much control i mean we think of airports is very controlled facilities, right? You park there, you go in there, you check in there, you go through security there, you wait here, you get on a plane here. There's no crowds outside. It's not a lot of loose, crazy milling around. It's a very traffic control space. So the the, the shots from Kabul Airport are crowds like running outside of what looks like a gate kind of building. And it's it's hard to tell, but they're like running in crowds across tarmacs to airplanes. Like we have lost control we the people of the world looking at afghanistan we have lost control of people getting on airplanes normally that's a pretty controlled thing you're on you have a ticket you're not you're not you're on this list you're not whatever it's it's controlled now this is this is going to be the icon of the afghanistan war people falling off of airplanes so kabul airport latest news with the taliban establishing its rule over afghanistan after completing the capture of capital kabul Shocking visuals from the country are pouring in, showing panic stricken people desperate to flee the country. Shortly after, a video of a huge crowd jostling to get into an aircraft at Kabul airport flooded the social media on Monday. Another unforeseen video splashed TV screens all over. The unbelievable video showed an airplane taken off from Kabul airport and at least three people falling off a U.S. military plane.
0: Jesus
1: Christ. This isn't like some podunk crop duster trying to to get refugees out of some—this is a U.S. military plane military plane. According to reports, locals near Kabul airport claimed that they saw three men holding themselves onto the wheels of the aircraft and later fell to their
2: death. Okay, can I just comment that, like, so rules of war and rules of what's going on in our streets right now with the police, the militant police versus the citizens, super different. Imagine if that was a cop car, every one of those people would have been gunned down in the streets. I'm glad they weren't in this case, but you got all these people surrounding a military helicopter and I, I and just, it's I'm loud, like it's what,
1: right, right now. And, and obviously I, I have a pretty good understanding and position and, you know, answer to the, the conflict in Afghanistan, top to bottom, you know, obviously it was the U S military never should have been there in the first place. And even then and my position based on what we knew about nine 11 or thought we knew about nine 11 at the time was. There's no excuse for anything other than a surgical strike. What the fuck? We're occupying this country? No fucking way. 20 years later, predictable result. I'm kind of gloating here, honestly. This is a big I told you so, right? Like the longer you stay, the worse it might be when you leave. And that I am like, in as much as I am, you know, my heart breaks from the tragedy. A little part of me inside is dancing for joy going, look how right you are, Adam. You know, and, and I, I hate to have those two things happening to me at the same time, right? But. I am being, pro- like, and, and three men, I, and I, I, my ultimate attitude here is, is empathy, like, holy fucking shit. What kind of desperate situation were you in? And you know what it is? People who cooperated with the regime. People who co- cooperated with the American military going, oh, fuck. I helped kill my fellow countrymen. I helped the oppression. I was a traitor to my people, to righteousness. And they know that if they don't get out of the country, What's the Taliban going to do to them? I mean, yeah, probably not they worse don't... than what happened at Abu Ghraib with the American military torture, but who knows? So you'll take your chances on the wheels of U.S. military aircraft. That's how Three bad men. it is. Out of the, that's how bad 20 years of American imperialism has made Afghanistan, Jim. Thank you for getting that video clip well, up there. We're still going
2: to criminalize these people somehow. When I say we, I mean the American government. They're still going to try to criminalize these. Of course. People
1: Flea market mutt. I wouldn't doubt U.S. military didn't throw some from planes. Nah.
2: Outside. Nah.
1: I, I don't think individual troops in Afghanistan are going to be that bad. No. They're not going. No. Um, but who knows if they're pushed by circumstance into this plane's got to take off. That, but, but they'd it, be pushing them off on the ground. They wouldn't be pushing them off from the air. Yeah. Pushing them off on the ground, shooting someone trying to get on a plane illegally as the U.S. military is getting off the ground. Yeah. Pushing them off a flying plane. Nah, that's, that's a little freaky out there. Although we're living in those times. I never I mean, you could have told me, Adam, shit's going to get crazy and you're going to have people falling off of planes trying to leave Afghanistan. I probably would have said no.
0: I think that's just you know,
1: implausible. Janice McKenzie, I am in agreement with you, Adam, concerning the U.S. leaving Afghanistan, but my heart aches for the common Afghanistan people. That's not in contradiction. I mean, my heart aches too. And it's sort of like if you get stabbed, right? There's a certain point where that knife in your back is preventing blood flow that might cause you to die, right? You, but, you, but if you leave that knife in your back, you're definitely going to die, right? You take that knife out without a suture, if you're not in an emergency room or in front of like serious trauma medical care, you're going to die, right? And in this case, it's kind of the metaphor is kind of mixed, right? Are we, is the knife, being, but this isn't an argument to leave the fucking knife in. This is an argument to pull it out well, but you go, who's wielding the knife? People who don't wield knives well, no shit. So it's going to be ugly. It's gonna be like this. Yes, my heart breaks for the Afghanistan people, but I'm also very hopeful for them that the Taliban coming into power is actually gonna bring some peace to the country. Some of the memes I've seen have been stories of like there's a new mayor, everything stays the same, but we charge people less in taxes now. And everybody's like, all right, taxes are going down in Afghanistan. So there's some immediate relief in this. And you gotta remember that how this is being spun and presented to you and to the people around you, to the American people, very, very biased. Right. It's going to make it a lot worse, look a lot worse. One, because it bleeds, it leads. Simple, just sensationalism of the conversation, but also to give the American government an excuse for more intervention. Oh, we got to send in 5000 more troops to defend the embassy and the exit. It's for, we're sending more troops in to get the troops out of Afghanistan. Really? I don't buy it, but that's what's probably going to happen here. Barlight broker, we invade Afghanistan. Six months later, the U.S. streets were flooded with heroin. Yeah, there's that. Uh, And the oil and pipelines Uh, and blah, blah, blah. All those intersecting interests that were the the real drivers of this conflict. Uh, But now, Biden, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that his announcement this afternoon is not going to be, well, now we have to re-escalate because we lost to the Taliban. If we don't eradicate the... This started with Al-Qaeda. This wasn't we're going to change some regime that we don't like in Afghanistan. It was, we're going to fight the Taliban or we're going to fight Al-Qaeda and Taliban is giving them safe harbor. So that's our excuse, right? I think we're past that. I don't think Biden can lean on that again to create uh, a viable excuse to push more significant escalation in Afghanistan. But I don't know. They, they're they the ones doing the polls on what they can get away with, not me. All right, so in a hurry now to get through our, our headlines on Afghanistan AP. By the way, all these headlines that we're skimming, you can see at t.me slash Adam versus the man. APnews.com. Longest war. Were America's decades in Afghanistan worth it? No. But at least we're asking that question in the age of the internet, where that conversation can't be censored too much, where the conversation can't at least be. Ignorant of history, modern history, the last 20 years of history, going back to 9-11. It's very interesting. Associated Press, APNews.com. Taliban sweep into Afghan capital after government collapses. this is sort of the important tactical update. The Taliban swept into Afghanistan's capital Sunday after the government collapsed and the embattled president joined an exodus of his fellow citizens and foreigners signaling in the end of a costly two decades. U.S. campaign to remake the country. Not a war, and occupation. A campaign to remake the country.
0: Yeah, okay,
1: sure. Heavily armed Taliban fighters fanned out across the capital and several entered Kabul's abandoned presidential palace. Suhail Shaheen, a Taliban spokesman and negotiator, told the Associated Press that the militants would hold talks in the coming days aimed at forming an open, inclusive Islamic government. Earlier, a Taliban official said the group would announce from the palace the restoration of the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, the formal name of the country under, the Tal- under Taliban rule, before the militants were ousted by U.S.-led forces in the wake of the 9-11 attacks, which were orchestrated by Al Qaeda while it was being sheltered by the Taliban. But that plan appeared to be on hold. Kabul was gripped by panic helicopters, raced overhead throughout the day to evacuate personnel from the U.S. Embassy. Smoke rose near the compound as staff destroyed important documents. And the American flag was lowered. Several other Western missions also prepared to pull their people out. So this is the knife being pulled out. And unfortunately, there isn't a doctor on hand to sew things up. But if anything, as Americans, we can voice our preferences in such a way that hopefully the knife doesn't go back in or get twisted anymore with what's left in. Because there's a lot, you don't want to talk about this knife metaphor. A lot of it is the economic intervention, the financial intervention, the funding of different groups, the supplying of weapons and, and, and military equipment, et cetera, et cetera. So that knife, even though the troops might be out, just like in Iraq, although there's still a few thousand, right? It's still, you leave the tip in, you can twist it and do some serious fucking damage. So even though this is happening right now, there is, it, it might be even all the more critical for the anti-war movement to be loud and say, You better fucking get the knife all the way out and let at least let Afghanistan heal on its own. Let the international community with foreign aid, like legitimate foreign aid, not government bullshit, manipulative foreign aid, but help heal. And in order to do that, there has to be no blockade. Can we learn from the lesson of Cuba, perhaps? No blockade. We need to be willing to let the Taliban and whatever it is, the people of Afghanistan, ultimately, trade with people outside because that's empowerment that leads to harmony. Again, when goods don't cross borders, or when uh, yeah, when when goods don't cross borders, troops well, is was Ron Paul. We're not gonna get to our COVID block. Our guest is backstage, Chris. We'll get to you in just a couple of minutes. We're just gonna run through these headlines here for Afghanistan. The Guardian Taliban's Abdul Ghani Baradar is undisputed victor of a twenty year war. But I thought you'd need more I thought you would need F 15s and nuclear weapons to take down the American government, Joe Biden. No. AKs, RPGs, and trucks. They did it. Return to power of movement's co-founder embodies Afghanistan's inability to escape history of conflict. And, you know, history of conflict, more like history of being beat up on and resisting. And this is why Afghanistan deserves its title as the graveyard of empires. And this is where, again, for us, perhaps as American activists, We have more of a role to play to ensure that the loss of the Afghanistan war by the U.S. federal government and the U.S. military industrial complex becomes a victory for freedom in the American people and anti-militarism by actually taking this as an opportunity to dismantle America's military industrial complex. Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com, Afghanistan takeover by Taliban worries governments in the region and Europe that chaos will spread. Pakistan and Iran are among countries most vulnerable to a wave of refugees, but European governments are also raising concerns. Just an important thing to take note of here. Uh, I don't think that their concerns are invalid, uh, but they are temporary, as opposed to the ongoing concerns of the knife going in and everything like that. It's like, oh, you're going to pull the knife out. You might splash a little blood on us. Again, not a reason to leave the knife in or twisted. it. the fall of Kabul, a 20-year mission collapses in a single day. Interesting how they kind of got it down to that moment in time. President Ashraf Ghani flees Afghanistan as Taliban sweep into city to seize control of country. The final collapse of the 20-year Western mission to Afghanistan is only a single day. As Taliban gunmen entered the capital, Kabul, on Sunday, President Ashraf Ghani fled the country, and American abandoned it's Embassy in Panic. Oh, Chris wants us to do the COVID blog. Zizzy can wait. How about that? I love you, Chris. I love you. We have another guest coming on, so it might be a little quick on you, Chris, but uh, either way, we'll get you in for 30 minutes on on today. Uh, Mediaite.com, to the blame game. Liz Cheney criticized on Twitter for suggesting Afghanistan withdrawal mess was caused by Trump and worsened by Biden. I think Joey covered this earlier with her point about the blame game. It's like, because I even me, I was like, you can't just blame Bush, like it, the guy who was it started really, it, called it, 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 who ordered the invasion,
0: but that. and
1: occupa- Like, and even then, like Joey jumped, like leapfrogged me to be like, no, blame government itself, like blame the military-industrial complex, blame militarism, right? Blame these bigger problems. But the fact that you go from these bigger problems to personality bullshit of like this president and the last president and Liz Cheney on Twitter, fuck you, fuck you for missing the point, fuck you for everybody who engages. No, no I'm in conflict and not harmony. Right? So let's be sympathetic to the people who, 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 who want to engage in this. Man, I got quotes out the ass today. Who am I thinking of now? Was it Nancy Reagan or no, Miss Roosevelt? Was it small minds talk about events, average minds talk about people, big minds talk about ideas or something like that, right? You get sucked down to being a smaller mind into this kind of gossip politics. As opposed to the big level, talk about ideas, right? So I do want to say fuck you to everybody who in the media is pulling us in that direction, right? They're pulling us down. Don't look at the don't don't look at the root causes. Let's not write news articles about big ideas because those don't get clicks on Facebook. Fuck that. Nobody's gonna read articles about big ideas. That's what books and podcasts are for, right? So yeah, fuck everybody who's pulling us down this this way down the spectrum to be small-minded, right? They are making us small-minded. Think about that. And this is not some conspiracy to make the American people small-minded, but it's just an effect of the current system of control that we live under, that there is this effect of if it bleeds, it leads, make you about conflict instead of about harmony, make you about personalities instead of ideas. So, yeah, the whole blame game around Afghanistan is going to be <sighs> maybe fun to watch. I don't know. Interesting to cover and make fun of, at least. Daily Beast at msn.com. Desperate Afghan helpers cling to planes as the U.S. abandons them at Kabul's airport. So this is the point about them being helpers. That's the category, right? People who collaborated with the occupiers. Less than 24 hours after the Taliban regained power in Afghanistan, scenes of chaotic desperation played out at Kabul's main airport as people climbed onto the wings and sides of departing military jets and clambered up gangplanks to try to get onto the last flights out of the capital. At least five people were reported killed after the U.S. military, which has control of the airport, opened fire. Well, there you go. See, it was it. I didn't get to this point in the story before. The U.S. military did shoot people, but it wasn't pushing them out of airplanes. Um, It was yet unclear on Monday if they were shot by a stray bullet or crushed in a panic stampede. So it could be the military. So this is fucked up that we don't know. Again, we live in a world of obscured information, unfortunately, Uh, as long as the people in power control those channels. Uh, Pretty fucked up that we don't know because there were cameras everywhere, right? Uh, but they they want to evade accountability every chance they get, obviously. Uh, but we don't know if they were shot by stray bullets or crushed in panicked stampede. Um, could be that there was a fucking horrific massacre. Although that would be that would come out even through the helpers on social media, right? Um, but uh, the here here's an example: an Afghan journalist who worked with American media and was therefore almost assuredly in the Taliban's sights. So the Daily Beast says, gunfire echoed in the background that he and eight family members have been trying to get out of Kabul since before the city fell. This is fear and panic among everyone, men, women, children, desperate to, desperate to get out. There is zero chance to do so, but still people rushing to the airport. Now, one of the things that I want to point out here is that the government, by the U.S. government, by invading and occupying Afghanistan and asking Afghans to take sides, create a much deeper division in the country. Are you pro or anti-authority, right? What does that remind you of today in America? The way that Afghanistan was split on do we support the regime? It's kind of similar to how America is split right now regarding COVID policy. Put that seed in the back of your mind and hope that it sprouts something powerful later. Rock, land, stone, fear is the mind killer. Indeed, that's a quote from someone too, isn't it? Or is that like a new slogan that's sort of come out of the new age meme wars? Barlight broker, blame everything on COVID. <laughs> uh, uh, no, we blame everything on government, including COVID, right? COVID okay. So the So thehill.com, Biden's fall of Saigon and Afghanistan presents worst moment yet of presidency. And um, just a quick flashback in history to July 8th. This year, July 8th, a, w- a month and eight days ago. The day was July 8th, the topic, President Biden, announced a timeline for a drawdown of US forces in Afghanistan with the military mission of two decades ending on August 31. After making his remarks, he got the question, Mr. President, some Vietnamese veterans see echoes of their experience in this withdrawal in Afghanistan. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam? And you know what Biden replied? And we'd show you a video if we weren't afraid of getting pink for IP. So I'll do my best Biden voice, just kidding. <laughs> Biden replied, none whatsoever, zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable.
0: I like puppies. Well, Biden. Nathaniel.
1: What did you do? You you looked at Nixon's people on helicopters on embassy roofs and said, hold my beer. I'm going to have Afghan allies falling off of airplanes. Fuck you. All right. Give me some weed. I'm going to I'm going to I need I need a little after after. I mean, I have some personal connection with this. You know, I brought up the um, the meme that I mentioned you know, of... Um, Memes will change the world. Sigh, you know, the, the the bubble, the word bubble in that meme with the two veterans. It's just them going, sigh, right? That confrontation and acceptance of that tragedy that I was sucked into. I'd like to think I've processed all of this. Like, I, I read all this. I'm pretty detached. I want to be able to tell my story and, and, and tug on other people's heartstrings and be like, yeah, I watched fellow Marines bleed out in Iraq and because it was all part of this insane scam, this huge racket that is war, as Smedley Butler called it, war is a racket. And
0: we fell for it. We fucking fell for it. I mean, I guess that's...
1: Like, I don't want to be angry, right? If I apply this harmony versus conflict strategy, how do I want to approach... The issue of Afghanistan right now? I want to with love and compassion help the American people face up to what we fell for. Does that seem like a more righteous harmony based strategy, Joey?
2: It does. And it, it's 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 more righteous because it changes the minds of people moving forward, which changes the minds of the children and the younger generation that they'll inspire. And that's what, like, I go back to, uh, you were talking about the video of, you know, the, the big transformer in the bar. He was just upset because your message made him feel a certain way personally and that's something that's hard to accept
0: right there's an ego death,
2: it's an ego death. a angry lot of people because you yeah. fear the truth and it makes you angry and if 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 only everybody had the level of the understanding of conflict revolution resolution that you so, did in that scene yeah people's minds would yeah, be yeah.
1: changed yeah no, i want to point out something else because joey and i um without giving specifics got to have a very empowering psychedelic experience this weekend And maybe that's why we're talking so much about love and harmony today Um, but uh, the reason i point this out in terms of what you just said is that there's an ego death that is sort of chemically induced through psychedelics it's kind of easier yeah the way that your brain is reconfigured temporarily on psychedelics creates what, what i used to love to call in my speeches an overwhelming sense that everything is right in the universe Everything is exactly as it should be in its place, and it's that love and acceptance and appreciation that gives you that sense of inner peace. But there's also, with what I have gone through, like and it, was, it was, it was for me. I got it out of the way pretty fast. There was the ego death of giving up being a marine as something righteous to celebrate. Right? I can say I'm a warrior who was a marine who fell for that, and I'm still a warrior, and I still present myself and take care of myself and engage with the injustice of, of, of the world as a warrior. But I was a soldier. Yes, marine, but a soldier as opposed to a warrior, someone who kills for politicians as opposed to fights for what's right, and I had to go through a kind of ego death you, marines, egos, you don't say, but I had to let go of what I got as an ego boost, and I saw a lot of vets go through this and it was it was i think it was pretty easy for me. I mean, I had a relatively good childhood my my one major trauma was my parents' divorce, other than that, I had a very loving household, positive upbringing, upper middle class you know. California, great public schools, et cetera, et cetera. So I had, I had good psychological resilience. You know, I, My sense of identity was not completely attached or completely hung up on being a Marine, right? I had something left <laughs> when I gave that up. But for a lot of Americans, it's just what it means to be an American. Well, you, you, you yell at the politicians, but you still go vote for them and salute the flag and cheer for the troops. And that's what makes you a good American. And that's what makes you a good member of the tribe. And that's what makes you a good person. And if you have to change that, you have to find something else that makes you a good person. And you have to go through that painful experience of an ego death. But it doesn't have to be painful. And it, you don't need drugs. I've never said that there's like anything with psychedelics that, I mean, there's some things chemical, like you can't do without them. There's some experiences you can't have without them. But in terms of living well, there's nothing you need psychedelics for. But, if you want to be happy and whole and complete as a human adult and realize the full gift of, of human consciousness, you can't be holding on to that ego. At some point, you have to let it die. Maybe ego death is, is sort of the dramatic experiential term when you have a major letting go all in one experience or all sort of in one phase shift for yourself. But it can be bit by bit, day by day. It can be a slow acceptance. It can be listening to a libertarian podcast every day, just letting that sink in slowly but surely. It could mean, uh, you know, we have, a little, we have a little painting, a little little dorky housewarming thing on the, on the wall here. Do small things with great love. It could mean putting that on your wall and affirming that you as a human being in your highest form is a lover. You are a lover. Just reaffirming that every day, retraining your brain to be in that loving mentality and that harmony mentality instead of that conflict mentality might be enough. That you don't need to go through an ego death experience. That you just slowly rebuild a healthier ego in love rather than in fear and conflict. Or tribalism, which is clinging to other people out of fear instead of love, right? Creating unhealthy social dynamics in institutions like statism. So with that, a lot of fun sidebars today. Mm. Take my COVID vitamins. Joey, Jim? (laughs) All right, let's see if we can do a four-minute COVID block and give Chris Cole some good time to talk about We the Parents. Axios.com, Biden's big COVID challenge, fading vaccines may demand boosters. Again, just another bullshit hole in the narrative. Because remember, they redefined vaccines to include whatever it is the mechanisms of these are. And they're kind of like vaccines in function, but not quite and not technically. So they had to stretch the definition of vaccine to include the current mRNA and whatever, all the other variants of stuff they're doing with the shots for COVID. And one of the things that's sort of undeniable now in the science that is unlike traditional vaccines, because a vaccine gives you, and it's not 100% perfect, but it's pretty damn close, perfect permanent immunity, right? Because you have the antibodies, in your immune system, in, in your blood, you get exposed to it again. It doesn't the virus or or whatever it is that you have the antibodies for cannot take hold, cannot flourish. So these are not functioning like vaccines that way. And I I have to think there may be some way that they were engineered this way because this is all really a big pharma driven racket as we see now about pushing the vaccines. And so it, I think it's really important to fight this uh, you know every chance we get and at least educate our audience about the high points and the current highlights of of the headlines to make sure that you know how to see through this and how to stand on truth and resist this at least in your own life and have the confidence to say i'm not getting a fucking vaccine and at least as much as i practically can i will resist lockdowns shutdowns and mask policies and i think it's incredibly important for a lot of reasons but especially to limit the medical discrimination against people who really have mobility issues or social interaction issues whether it's for immune or psychological issues parents with autistic kids uh, people in those situations uh, but also to limit the trauma that we're having on kids. And, and I'm going to get to a really important story about that in a minute. New York times us preparing to plan to offer vaccine boosters, perhaps by fall, just to follow up on that last headline, uh, technology networks, dot com intranasal COVID-19 vaccine reduces di- disease severity and blocks transmission, uh, just the suppression of all the different things. Like we have to have just the It's just shots from Big Pharma. There's no alternatives for us to to attack this thing from all angles. And you bring in national natural medicines and alternatives and study this and that. No, you have to get one of these big shots or one of these one of these injections from Big Pharma. That's the only answer. Really? Or ventilators and ICUs, right? Or submission to social controls with masks. None of those other things that you would expect to be a healthy response from a society with a functioning medical system to, to something like this. So here's the scary headline. And this is this is not something we didn't see coming. I I, I will say I predicted this, although not this specific form, Joey. Remember it really early on last year, talking about all the things that we predicted would be cure worse than the disease phenomena. Here it is Jpost.com, the Jerusalem Post. Does COVID cause babies to develop differently, prelim data. And what's interesting is that they're blaming COVID when they're talking about the environment that humans have created for our children and babies in the face of the pandemic. In infants, overall cognitive scores are significantly lower since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic with young infants showing lower performance than infants born before January, 2019. That's fucking scary. This again, like I didn't predict this measure or this form, but if you had asked me, what do you mean by this? This is the kind of thing I would have said, like, yes, you are going to see, see measurements that children of different developmental ages, having a stunted childhood experience for a year and a half, no shit are going to be stunted in their development. And what's scary about this, and, and I'm, I I might not have been thinking about this particularly, but babies, 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 we take it for granted that babies have a certain amount of a social life that they get out of the house, that healthy parents don't keep their children. I mean, I kind of blame my mom for keeping me in a slightly more sterile environment than I should have for having allergies, right? Uh, but no, it's it's babies get out, get exposed to the environment, get exposed to germs and potential allergens and other people's faces. Babies get exposed to, maybe not crowds because they don't have a sensory experience of a crowd, but for them, a group of people around them is a crowd, having their whole family in one room for dinner, having extended family gatherings, and all of the interactions with other people that I've just described, apparently, no shit, are a critical part of a child's psychological development. So, ready for the heavy measure? Children born during the coronavirus pandemic have significantly reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance compared to children born before the pandemic. And this discrepancy is particularly pronounced in males. I think maybe males, even as infants, perhaps engaging more physically with the world than female babies engaging more with their parents and being, you know, a more uh, sort of close environment. Males as the more adventurous gender boys especially during the coronavirus pandemic, like girls staying home and doing home. And I hate to feed into the I'm not trying to feed into gender stereotypes here. Don't get me wrong. But the the, the actual biological difference with girls as opposed to boys going out and exploring and interacting might be less impacted. So really this is you know, part of the war on boys and divine masculinity that is a threat to the people in power. Don't grow up to be warriors. Grow up to be shut-ins. Um, so this discrepancy is particularly pronounced in males as well as in children with lower socioeconomic families, according to preliminary data presented in a preprint study. Researchers believe that this highlights that even in the absence of infection and illness, the parent excuse me the pandemic has had a significant negative impact on infant and child development. And I fucking hate that they blame the pandemic. I mean, I'm really glad that they're talking about this at all. Maybe they have to to be able to get this into the Jerusalem Post to acknowledge this because there's such a push. And all the mainstream media editorialization to support the COVID mythology, keep the keep the hype up and the bleeds it leads stuff going. Maybe that's switching now. Maybe the sensational of the media is going to sensationalism instinct of the media is going to latch on more to the dangers of the vaccines and the impacts and the cures worse than the disease. And who knows, maybe the media is gonna turn on government a little bit now that big pharma's gotten their coup. Right? In the study, not yet peer-reviewed and uploaded as preprint in med RXIV on Wednesday researchers from Brown University examined data from an ongoing longitudinal study of children neural child neurodevelopment comparing scores in 20 and 21 from scores in 2011 and 19. the researchers found that verbal nonverbal and overall, cognitive scores are significantly lower since the beginning of the pandemic, with young infants showing significantly lower performance than infants born before January 2019. Quote, it is clear that young infants and children are developing differently than pre-pandemic and that addressing this now while their brain is at its most plastic and responsive is imperative. Also saying that it is unclear from the data if observed declines are temporary. And it's sort of like, yeah, if a kid misses a year of school, they can catch up sure maybe if you miss a few you're, you're in isolation for a few months and a kid loses that stimulation like you put a kid in a dark room and they come out in the light blinds them but their eyes readjust right maybe some of their skills are deficient but the brain power is there they're going to learn i mean even as adults we can train our brains we can grow and strengthen neuronal networks through deliberate training of 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 skills separate from the brain right but for a child to experience an in infancy, to lose a year and a half perhaps of healthy interaction, I think about the study in the Ukraine where there was a war-induced famine that lasted three months and women who were pregnant during that time had babies that had a higher rate of obesity. As adults, they were able to track it decades later in a way that we can only do with modern medical records that we haven't for most of human history. And this is what I predicted, and this is what is sadly coming true, is that there are going to be longitudinal analyses that are going to illuminate all of the ways in which the cure has been worse than the disease, and not allowing the market balance of people making their own precautions in the face of the biological threat that is COVID has led to these horrific, I mean, and they are going to be worse. And, And I think especially kids 10 years and older,
0: eh.
1: Maybe not that big a deal. It's a bad experience. It's traumatizing. It's going to affect them for the rest of their lives, but they'll get over it. Kids 10 and under doing a year and a half of masks and isolation and school and no friends and distancing and now be afraid of your fellow human beings. That is some really fucked up, deep conditioning. And this is separate from my judgments of intent and conspiracy and all of this, regardless. Let's say there was a, a real pandemic or even there was some. There were there were places where COVID was legitimately as bad as they're saying it is, of course, minus the death counts, which we you know are bullshit, to, to at least 50%, right, or around there. Um, what if there were places where for a few months it made sense to fight a virus like this? There were community lockdowns, right? If they went on for six months, and this is fucking crazy because they would not go on like this for, for 18 months, no fucking way. But if they did, we, would, we could accept it and say, what's the answer? Love those children passionately, carefully, and with an eye to empowering them in the ways that they have been made deficient in their growth and, and development as children as a result of this isolation. And I would, I would, again, plant a seed in the back of y'all's heads to say, be aware of that. And maybe there are kids and maybe it's your kids. And I would hope anybody in our audience has, has more or less insulated their children from these effects. But maybe your children now need to be leaders in that younger generation socially and, and make sure that their peers understand. You don't need to be afraid of your fellow human beings like this. And that would be beautiful to see. And I think it will to some extent. NBCnews.com. Easy money. How international scam artists pulled off an epic theft of COVID benefits. <laughs> like that wasn't planned as part of this. Russian mobsters, Chinese hackers, and Nigerian scammers. Have you stolen identities, by the way, all of which would be great band names? Have you stolen identities to plunder tens of billions of dollars in pandemic aid, officials say? We are the Russian mobsters. We will rock you. We are the Chinese hackers. We are the Nigerian scam. Now, you have to put them all together to make a band name. I made Joey giggle. It was worth it. (laughs) Put up with my dad jokes. Wall Street Journal. Restaurants become the new COVID-19 vaccine enforcers for better or worse. Dying out in some places now requires proof of vaccination, putting workers in tough spots. People scream at us through the phone. I think about airline uh, yeah. flight attendants and them being asked at, the, at a higher level of bullshit and, and strictness with, with way more direct government oversight. I mean, there are undercover marshals on those flights. You think I just thought of this. I never made this connection before when I was actually confronting the airline attendants because some of them can get away with being cool. But what if uh, the, when they're told you will do this because it's the law and employer policy, and if you do anything other than this, you get fired.
2: Yeah, brought up on charges even. And by the, the way, flight. there are
1: undercover U.S. marshals on the flight and flight attendants will rat each other out. So you better, you better be a bitch or you better turn into a fucking professional Karen about this. Scary, right? Um, and restaurants now. I, and I say... Quit those fucking jobs if you can, please, please, please. And I know if it's working for an airline, it's not. If you're dependent on that corporate benefit package and paycheck, I get it. Oh, man, I get it. That's different. And you got that just means you got you got to make it a five year plan instead of a, a six month plan. But if you're, if you're not that dependent on it and you just need to make a transition to something that's, that's a more ethical job, voting with your labor, like voting with your dollars, voting with your feet is the most important lifestyle change you can make to get a job that's not working for the man, that's not paying more taxes than you absolutely have to, working for yourself, working off grid, being an entrepreneur, whatever it is finding a way to limit your contribution to the COVID racket, to the to the stranglehold that the man has on society right now. And, it's, and I think even people working good jobs for small businesses, it's still working for the man indirectly. Why does that small business exist with a retail storefront? Because the owner of that business paid off the man and filled out the paperwork and your taxes and your contribution to that. You're not working for the man directly. You got a nice boss. He's a cool guy, but he's the one who turns your labor into working for the man. So think about that. Economic impacts, again, with this apnews.com, chasing inflation, USDA to permanently boost food stamp benefits by 25%. Nice that they are forced to keep up with that relief for people who are struggling and dependent on that or benefit from those benefits in any way, right? And we know people who who take advantage of the system that way and totally support them getting their tax dollars back. Uh, But at least the pressure of keeping up now is that it sort of has to keep up with inflation um gosh chris is still waiting yeah um,
0: we have two guests today.
1: marine corps general Berger rebuked defense secretary austin's mandatory order for COVID vaccination this is really cool this is a big split this is what it looks like uh i think and, and i'm going to get into the story later skimming it for now like a marine corps general saying i'm protecting my marines from the, the secretary of defense policy that's fucking crazy that split means that there is an institutional split. If the government was united on this and all the Marine Corps was lining up, I'd be like, ah, fuck, one less thing. But Marines saying, enough Marines saying, we don't want this, we might quit. This is, why is the, the command of the Marine Corps doing this, or the generals who are doing this? Because they want to keep Marines in the Marines. sfgate.com, routes, COVID variant stalls, travel, revival, and new Alaska, SFO, Mexico routes, Emirates, Delta, JetBlue. We covered spirit. Canceling half their flights like out of the blue last week. Crazy shit going on with Babylon crumbling, affecting travel. Not if you're driving, but if you're flying. Joey's, we both have flights booked in the next month. It's going to be interesting. We'll be bringing you those stories as well. Finally, finally, give me the bowl. We're going to wrap up the COVID block. And Joey, please communicate with our guests backstage. The rest of the show is available for our guests. We have a fun grab bag of stuff we can get to tomorrow. But here is our last headline in our COVID block. Bonky Beach, dumb wordplay from The Sun. Couple caught having sex on Bondi Beach. Get it, Bondi Beach?
2: Bondi uh, Bonky Beach. They should have called it Bondage Bondi beach. beach. They totally missed that. that bondage. The Bondage beach. It wasn't Bondage though. Come on. It
1: was healthy, natural, outdoor, raw, athletic, beautiful sex. Bonky Beach, couple caught having sex on Bondi Beach Clifftop in front of shocked sunbathers during Sydney lockdown. Bravo. Wait, If you were locked down,
2: was they the problem sunbathing you. or
1: the problem having sex on the cliff?
2: It can't a, be public indecency if you have the public on lockdown, Kenneth.
1: A frisky couple were spotted having sex on Sydney's Bondi Beach in front of shocked onlookers despite the ongoing coronavirus lockdown. You would think they would have kept their fucking mouths shut, right? Photographer Scott Robinson spotted the pair from the sea as they engaged in their risky X-rated session. On the famous beachside cliff top, cliff top just meters below passers by, and I wonder maybe the lockdown. Well, if there's passers by, it can't be that much of a lockdown. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's one of those lockdowns like, no public spaces, but outdoor recreation is okay in Australia. Sure. It could be something like that, and and we're seeing it through a narrow lens that makes it sound worse. But um, so oh, it's so Bondi local loop. Uh, Scott Robinson, I believe, on on it. Facebook posted the picture and said, so under the restrictions. Is this considered outdoor recreation or outdoor exercise? Either way, allowed <laughs> under COVID lockdown, but not indecency exposure laws in Australia. Yeah, the world right. makes so every much every day. Every day.
0: Oh, oh, Smoke, smoke, smoke weed every day. Smoke, huh? smoke, smoke, smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, healthy
2: disrespect. No, she says the Aussie lockdown allows for one hour a day outside exercising. Well, then, yeah, I would use my exercise time. You have sex to outside. It. Yeah. With an exercise partner. Go fuck yourself, Australian government. Yeah. While well, I go get myself up. Well,
1: as long as that sex was from someone in their family group, <laughs> then it was okay. Then it's fine. Right? You know, oh, don't kind of, I
0: mean, have Oh, Well,. It, wow.
1: I hope that was worth going okay. long on our blocks today to squeeze our guests into the last half hour of the show because we do have to. Can we do can we do Chris for 20 and CC for 10 is that going to work?
2: CC's not back to yet. Oh, so, CC's not there. So I, we might
1: be doing Chris until then. So, well, I think Chris has some flexibility on his time in this. Um because I I do want to give to him time to catch up on a story and Chris is someone I would I could rant with, you know, as a guest for an hour easily anytime and i always want to give attention to the parental rights movement uh is that is that the broad term
2: yeah. um the Fa- family, parental rights family yeah parental rights
0: movement.
1: i mean we called the group i think it was the name that i came up with for victims. chris right I, we brainstormed as a group maybe but victims of family law and that's a great name for a group to call people together but you wouldn't call the victims of family law movement you would call it the the parental rights movement, right?
2: Rental alienation movement. That's, that's saying rights. you're
1: moving towards alienation. Anyway, but Chris has some specific stuff he's working on and wants to promote. So let me introduce him properly. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is none other than Chris Cole, father, parents of two young boys, currently being abused and alienated. And as his words, I'm not imposing the A words as judgment here, but I think he can substantiate the. I, I The only reason I hesitate to hear Chris is definitionally. People define abuse in a lot of different ways, and I'm pretty sensitive about that. So I want to give you the chance to back that up. Uh, But his ex uh, and the family law industry, which is the courts that that this is why I'm Chris, I I am. I'm very proud of you. Uh, Not like a father. Like, I'm proud of you. No, I'm proud of you. Like like a teacher of a student in a way, as an activist, having or or as an older brother, almost maybe is more appropriate as a comparison here. Having inspired and motivated you and it's a little demeaning to your efforts to call your activism a spin off of the the Kokesh presidential campaign, but not much yeah. and uh, i i am that i'm 'm very proud of, and for me, you are uh, you know proof of a lot of things, not just in my effectiveness uh, as, as an activists activist uh, but that you have uh, taken uh what is a personal issue for you and turned it into a call in your activism and uh what you're doing with with the we the parents podcast and everything else with victims of family law and everywhere you have gone with this you know it's not just fighting this 50 billion dollar a year industry i don't know if you want to explain that number two in this in this talk about or this interview about how so it adds up to that and why it's so hard to fight it and, and why it's so hard uh, to overcome the institutional resistance and why so many people have such a vested financial interest in in, in maintaining their little piece of this uh, really disgusting pie. Uh, but uh, aside from being a singer and a songwriter, you know, and everything else that you do with your life and and being a great uh, I, I don't know what term you'd use, remote father, distanced, alienated father. Disneyland, you know,
4: Disneyland dad.
1: Yeah, right, Disneyland dad. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you can put a good happy spin on it, the Disneyland <laughs> dad. Um, but what what I want to point out and and praise you for more than anything else is the the openness that you have in talking about this. I, I don't want to call it courage because it, th- it, 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 there are a lot of people who are stopped by fear. Mm. But you have, you have been called on by something higher to overcome what is a kind of unique self-consciousness mm. for a lot of parents in your situation. On both sides of a divorce or weaponizing government against each other in a, in a custody battle or whatever the fight may be, one of the most important things that they do to maintain this racket is bully parents into silence and it's literal and figurative literal in the gag orders that you've experienced right or you've 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 dealt with people who have said you can't judges who will tell parents you can't discuss this case publicly what we have a yeah i know we already have a system of secret courts in this country and it's fucked up this is just one more particularly fucked up dynamic but there's a whole other implicit bullying in the shame Associated with this. They want you to feel shame because your marriage failed. Mm. One way or another, whether it's your fault or not. It's unavoidable. And a lot of people, or or you had kids out of wedlock and weren't able to maintain the relationship that you wanted to be, co-parents, whatever way. You failed. Yeah. And that's the premise of, of most of this conversation. And you have faced that. And that is so powerful. And inspiring and beautiful, and, and and I want to do everything I can to support you, yeah. Sharing that, yeah, with other people in your circumstances, whatever the issue that they're facing.
4: Yeah, I mean, you and Joey uh, talked about it earlier. I mean, fear is 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 a, a main player, and then you guys talked about conflict uh, escalation and conflict de-escalation, and. Yeah. In the family law industry, and and that's exactly what it is, is an industry. It's an engineered industry created by attorneys who are legislators who've created policies and laws, um, who've created uh, all of the all of the nuances that where a pro se litig- litigant can't go into court because there's yeah. so many bullshit. I love being on your show because I can say things like bullshit, bullshit rules. <laughs> Bullshit rules that uh, a, a person with just you know four words in the truth, so to speak, uh, yeah. bringing it back to Tom Petty, can't go in there with evidence and say they're lying. This is what's going on because what you've given the court system in family law, which is different from criminal or others, is a preponderance of evidence, which is only fifty-one percent. But the but the the mm-hmm. judge, jury, and ex- executioner is not. Yes is not due process it's the yes. judge's yes. opinion judges have, yeah, in
1: family law the the autonomy and discretion of judges is is absolutely disgusting now i, I want to ask you a, a, another pointed personal question Yeah. Uh, but before i do i i want you to respond to two things in my intro there mm. one uh, well, first the $50 billion, how do you how, yeah. do you, how does
4: this add up to $50 fucking billion? So th- th- most of that money comes from, you know, you have two, two separate entities. So we talked about the, the, the attorneys who create the laws and the legislation that creates the industry. So it's a cottage industry. Then you have the federal incentives, which, uh, under, we, we talk about this a lot, which is title four D of the social security act. And basically what that is, is a social program that rewards the States, which Mm -hmm. I know in North Carolina, it's 66 cents on the dollar for what the, they use the term performance. Uh, basically Mm -hmm. what it costs the child support industry to collect, uh, the federal government will say, Hey, we'll match 66 cents on every dollar. It costs you to collect child support. So basically, in a nutshell, in a layman's term to, to to package it up nicely is that basically promotes profit for the states, mm-hmm. including the courts, so any social services, um, you know, and the state itself, to put mm-hmm. profit over parenting.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, I want a quick sidebar uh, to bring it back to the presidential campaign and localization. Yeah, there are two reasons that Chris and so many other parents in challenging legal situations were attracted to my candidacy, Uh, uh, two important reasons. One was that I was only the only person talking about this. It was like literally the only, and the other libertarians were fine on the issue, but they didn't realize that this was something that needed to be a priority because it's affecting practically everybody. We can say it affects every American, at least indirectly, but I, I used to do this with audiences. How many of you have been through a bad divorce? How many yeah. of you know someone who have been through a bad divorce? How many of you got someone in your family who have been through a bad divorce? How many of you have been children of a bad divorce? And it's, it's over half the room every time when you do it like oh, that. Yeah. And then it's the other half of people going, wait, I think I'm kind of, I think I'm like one level of family, like my cousin or, you know, so they're mm-hmm. like, whatever, not quite, but like, yeah, it's really every American. And it's one of the most under addressed issues because of that shame and and, and fear and guilt associated with it. But there's one other thing that policy-wise, because of that, the old parties, Mm -hmm. and again, my fellow libertarians, have all done a, a, a decent job of addressing this and being right on it and being compassionate about it. But no one like me was able to do the job of connecting to federal policy and the real perversion of the evil of this. And it is a really important understanding of policy where a lot like before I even ran, I think it was figuring it out with you that yeah. we talked about the, the the federal, we helped, you helped me figure this out, develop my own right. policy so, understanding of this. Yeah, you were it's the on. federal money, hold on, because it's the states and local governments that are what people see, right. and it's county judges. It mm-hmm. seems like it's a local thing and it's local policy, but it's the federal money, no shit, that perverts and makes this system that would be bad, but somewhat you could it would be bad, but you could say somewhat necessary mm-hmm. for state, local governments, communities to have a role in custody disputes and things like that and settling divorce disputes. But the reason it's this $50 billion perversion where everybody is handed the opportunity to weaponize the state against the spouse mm. now it's blown up and it's this huge thing and all we have to do and I was the only one putting it front and center in policy saying yeah. we're going to we're going to turn down the the injustice and the power of and uh, and the bullshit and the money of the whole family court system by like something like 80 90% by getting the federal government out of it it's right.
4: insane when you add it all up how it comes to that so before my next question, did you want to add anything to that? Well, it's like you said, I mean, it's, it's, it's about the attorneys who made the policies that are feeding their pockets. You know, my ex's attorney gets to live a better life than me because yeah. he keeps me from my children. You know, his yeah. kids get to go to college because mine don't.
1: Yeah. Judges get paid pretty well too. Don't they?
4: Right. So, you know, th- a lot of this money, this title Four funding, this federal government matching funds, comes from you know is used to pay bonuses it's used to pay salaries it's used to pay infrastructure um it's used to feed social services and you know you you talk about this all the time and i i watched a documentary about communism all right one of the thing and i don't know if this is in the communist manifesto but Mm. one of the keys to promote communism and increase government power (laughs) <laughs> destroy the nuclear family. Yes, yes. Removing, too. removing masculinity, removing yeah. fathers, removing, creating toxic masculinity through lack of masculinity. Yes. So all this toxic masculinity that, that all these very far left women's rights, uh, you know, groups are, are talking about was created by the lack of masculinity.
1: Yeah. Now, it's, I think that's very important. And something that that I'd like to say is, Something I've gradually incorporated into my show as I've become better and more aware of my own divine masculine energy and the ways that it's challenged by government authority and other social bullshit, and wanting to be kind of uh, at least one voice of positivity and reviving. And 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 I don't say reviving because really I, I see this all as you know the human, the great human progression, but that, that there is a unique step back that we've experienced right. in modern bureaucratic society. Uh, where, where modern governments have, have directly uh, degraded divine masculinity to Correct. make society more compliant. And I know it's not the thrust of what you do, but I, I do appreciate how you have bring that awareness into what you're doing because it's, it's, just, it's especially important as a father to maintain that positive framing and not get sucked into something that compromises that. Right. Um, and a lot of that being divine masculinity, being a warrior – Most importantly, today means knowing when to de-escalate, when to not confront, when Mm -hmm. to when to love and support and protect and seek harmony, and especially when we're talking about family law conflict and custody issues. Quick comment from YouTube 10:54 writes: Leave to government to turn a good idea like protecting kids into a pyramid scheme. It's almost an impressive skill if it weren't so horrific. Yeah, and this connects to all the evils around. Uh, child sex trafficking and foster homes and so many other sources of, of child abuse in the United States n- that, that, are, that are somewhat hidden, at least like kept in the shadows, as opposed to what's sort of obvious of the giant indoctrination centers of government schools. Moose Mer- Girl 08 writes,
4: how old are his kids, Chris? Uh, they're eight. They're eight and four. Okay. Eight and four. Yeah. So
2: this do a lot that
1: age, this, but... this gets to my next question because I, I I do want you to explain this because you put this in your your introduction that you sent us mm-hmm. that your kids are abused and and alienated those are those are serious charges yeah and and it's a serious thing to to be you you have to conscientiously cross a line to go public because in a sense you are violating the privacy of your ex and your and your kids right by saying that publicly. That's, a, yep. that's not a heavy decision. So one, so a kind of two part question. And then I have, I have a really important follow-up to this, but two part question here. Uh, can you substantiate that for us? Sure. Or to what degree would you like to? Sure. And tell us about why you went public with that.
4: Because it's yeah. important. Because it's important. Um, you know, parental alienation is definitely, uh, although it's, it's disputed by certain groups, those two groups being your domestic violence groups and your um, bar association that parental alienation is junk science. Um, And unfortunately, there's an overwhelming amount of decades, you know, 30, 35 years of evidence, scientific evidence, psychological evidence that shows that there's been a decline in generations through divorce. And it's been through the lack of father. You know, we talk about fatherlessness. There is a, you want to talk about covid being a pandemic or an epidemic, fatherlessness should be the number one issue that we're talking about. We're talking about the systematic removal of men, and sometimes women, ladies. Joey, I know you know I, I back up good mothers um, who who are are slipping through the cracks, and this yeah. and there are toxic. The, the toxic masculinity that we do talk about the, the real toxic masculinity that exists is in those family courts where we are still abusing women uh, and mothers. However, you know, statistically this is an overwhelming father issue. Um, and when you talk about all this, the behavioral social aspects, you know, the, the, the prison industrial complex, the, the amount of the increase in mental health issues, ADHD, which is, uh, you know, Dr. Warren Farrell, who Adam, you and I spoke with said, you know, you, you talked about SSRI medica- medications and children who are more prone to join the military, you know, all these things that, um, having a no, no father in the home basically a- allows the government to shit, to, to sort of herd children, uh, more as sheep and grow them up into the, the more, uh, let's just call it more conditioned, uh, broken, mentally unstable, unhealthy adults. Um, and what you're seeing, even in my children, you know, they're seeing therapists for things like, uh, at one point it was autism and my kids aren't even on the autism spectrum. Um, you know, behavioral defiant disorder, these things that are created, um, when, when maybe a kid's just trying to show you that he's upset because he knows kids can sense that there's discord in the home. Um, you know, my other son is, is apparently been diagnosed with ADHD, which I wasn't aware of, um, and then made aware of without participating in that diagnosis. Now he's also in therapy for anxiety. None of these courts, none of these attorneys are looking at the science, right? We talk about science, especially with this pandemic. It's, it's, it's government propagated science versus actual science. Yeah. And what do they do really? with parental alienation things or will they discredit you? They say that you must be crazy. You know, the judge told me that I needed a psychiatric eval because mm. of my podcast, because wow. I'm they, they used I'm her, her mm. lawyer used the term anti-establishment. Mr. Cole is anti-establishment, and he and he disparages the court he might not and his mother. And
1: fully submit to the authority yes. of this court. Right. He might not do what I say, so I will use my power to make him submit. Now, yeah. uh, aside from that, I want to get I want to get to
4: a deeper thing. I'm glad you mentioned that he said you're crazy. Uh, uh, I need a psychiatric uh, eval based on a judge's opinion who has he's not an expert,
1: right? So, well, no, that to be fair, that's why the judge says. I'm not an expert. Let's get an expert opinion in here. But it's yeah. it's weaponized. It's weaponized to, to it support thousands of dollars
4: to do this. Yeah. Oh,
1: that too. Uh, yeah. Empty matter. My baby mama takes a third of my income. Not fair for the fathers. So this is the next thing I want to get to here. This Because it, it's funny. We're, we're, we're talking about Joey a little bit with her story, where she's a mother yeah. who was the one working when she had a kid and ended up being sucked into the typical father's role of the victim mm-hmm. in family court, not having custody and having to pay uh, the the father, which is like a bonkers reversal of a trend that you go well. Yeah. That's kind of normal following biology, but you go okay. Well, it's, it makes sense that there would be some reversals in in you know as many cases as there are. Um, but a, a lot of the angst. There's plenty of. I mean, man, like you hear about. I know you're working with Cash Jackson, and you know, mad props to him also yeah. for being as open and courageous in that sense as Hard. as you have been. Um. But there's a lot of anger at the system, but then also at the exes who are using it and they are weaponizing it. Your ex has weaponized government against you, Chris, personally. That's that's a and And they can use it to ruin your job, your other relationships, relationships with the rest of your family, ruin your income for life. A lot of people end up geographically physically. Restricted coming out of those things, right? For a lot of different reasons, financially, legally, custody, logistics, what have you. And I I even hear hear you having evolved. And I I think about, um, I don't want to name names because it's someone else we know, but I don't know how public he is, but with his ex, um, she is kind of coming to the point where she's admitting that she's got issues with alcohol. Right. And maybe shouldn't be a parent. Right, And I think there's been a beautiful shift from my fucking angry ex is using government against me. Fuck that crazy bitch to wow. Maybe I shouldn't have had kids with someone who was so vulnerable in their mental health. And we should be really empathetic to them and reach out to them with love and compassion. If they are violently using the state to say, I need my kids to protect them from you. ah!" We shouldn't be pulling the kids from their arms, so much as injecting love and support into their hips.
0: Yeah.
4: Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But the problem is the system doesn't recognize uh what needs to be addressed what they do they're they're they live in their little bubble in these courts i'm not saying
0: you,
1: yeah you have to go outside the system you have to go yeah. to the community and, and and sort of then navigate the system with
2: this but, and to be, i want to i want to shout out real quick to all the families that get divorced and don't get the state involved because right. there are a lot right. of them so too to and, we don't, them. and we need to learn from them government-free right. divorce right. movement right yeah we need those people to government-free families movement and say look me and my 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 kids' mom separated. We've been separated for years. We're still married. It's for the benefit of the kid. We she gets in this week. I get in this week. Right. We don't get government involved. We need those people to step forward as examples. Absolutely. Because a lot of people think you have to go to court. When I was getting divorced, my lawyers and they were state cheap lawyers. I couldn't afford anything. They were trying to scare me into oh. more legal action. More fear. More fear. More, fear, more fear. You've so, got to get him now. You've got to do this. And a lot of things I didn't do looking back I wish I did because you got to play this game unfortunately but no I don't want to play the game I don't want to be a part of that
1: exactly and that's and that's a that's, that's, hold on, hold on. Chris let me let me just set you up for a wrap because we only got a few minutes I mean like that, that's 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 the ultimate takeaway thank you Joey. Mm. but Chris the reason I brought it up this way and I don't want to oh, I don't want to pass over this I want to give you an opportunity since this is a public appearance of you talking about something yeah personal private and intense to say something empathetic towards your wife and wh- or your, your ex excuse me and what what she has experienced and her mental health challenges and and I know you say things to your boys publicly all the time, but yeah. in this context where the ex weaponizing the state is seen as the enemy, I, I want to give you a chance to to see that you acknowledge her as well yeah. as a victim of the system.
4: Yeah. Uh, oh, and, I, and
1: and I... then and then so say whatever you need to say, please to to wrap up that or on anything yeah. else, and then and then please wrap up with whatever you want to promote today.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I would just say to my ex, if she watches this and, and she watches many, many things is, is, um, you know, this is really hurting our children. And and I'm sorry that if any way in the relationship, I hurt you. Um, and there are, there are things, you know, I, I was hurt also. And I understand that we're at a point where, you know, the relationship has ended um, but being two and a half years in to you know custody battles false allegations lies you know it's okay you know adam and and joey mentioned early that death of that ego um i've experienced that death of that ego um and i'm here to say that i want to put being right aside although i i do believe that i'm right about many things um i i want you to feel safe and secure, uh, to, to talk to me. And if that means in the presence of a professional, my only goal is to have a better relationship with you so that our Mm -hmm. kids don't suffer, uh, Mm -hmm. any more mental health issues. Um, I don't want you to spend any more money on, on frivolous litigation. You know, these attorneys, your attorney, and I like to use his name now, uh, Dan Bullard, um, he's profiting off, your pain mm-hmm. my pain and mm-hmm. the pain of our children mm-hmm. and it's not okay and you know it's our job as parents to now educate a system that's sort of fall, fallen behind and is isn't educated itself and i would ask you if you if you ever saw this if i if i get the chance to say this to you uh in the very near future separate from this is i'm willing to do whatever it takes to come to a a healthier understanding of each other and co-parent and work together. And I'm willing to do anything bilaterally, whether it be therapies with you and I, not with you and I separate with the children, co-parenting classes. Um, And because that's what it's about, right? That's what the family court always says is the best interest of the children. Well, I can guarantee you that whether it's intentional or unintentional, these folks don't care about our children, what they care about is not being wrong. So what they do is they side on the air of caution. So mm-hmm. if you throw enough BS against the, against the wall, hopefully something's going to stick for them. And they'd rather side on the air of caution rather than actually educate themselves so they can see what's going on. So if there's allegations of, of things, then what they're going to do is they're going to go, Oh, okay, well that they kid might get hurt, but not on my watch. So, you know what I mean? Cause it's really all about them and their ego and they don't want something to happen to our kids based on their decision. But they, if they really cared, if they really cared, they would listen to not only you. They'd listen to those kids, and they'd listen to me. Uh, and they'd educate themselves as I have. So thank you for that.
1: Now, Chris, while you were saying all that, I, I try to boil it down to a mantra that I hope uh, I, I can – Nothing that I would uh, you know, say right now, but that I think for a lot of people for me uh, as as a wordsmith just putting this phrase together i i'll I'll text you this and see if it works because I think yeah. maybe I got the wording off a little bit, but i was I was really touched by what you said when you were addressing your ex there, and I think that there are a lot of fathers or people in as mothers in Joey situations alienated parents who whose situations would be much alleviated if both parents kept this one idea in, in mind. And it's something that you could say, if it rings true, because you will always be the mother of my children, mm-hmm. I will always love you and support mm-hmm. you and want you to be the best mother possible for our kids. You could switch to father because you will always be the father of my children. Same effect, but yeah. for, for, for divorced parents, to have a mantra perhaps might be helpful to affirm that positive, loving, co-parenting. What am I talking about? You've yeah. read books on this shit. There are probably right. better mantras out there, but that's what it boiled down to for me. And I, I wish my parents, because I'm 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 the one who's the child of a of nasty divorce. Um yeah. I was ten and my brother was eight. And that's about the worst age, uh, you know, psychologically sure. uh, for kids to go through that. Um So I I hope that that, that helps, you know, because you will always be the mother of my children. I will always love you Mm. and support you and want you to be the best mother possible for our kids. You think that rings true for you and a lot of other dads in your situation?
4: Yeah. And, and again, like you guys talked about earlier in a separate, separate subject, it's, it's gotta be the death of that ego and, and it's gotta be the willingness to say, you know, I screwed up too, but I love my children more than I want to be Right
1: yeah and on a lot of people as parents uh the ego death is giving up something that is no longer helpful that is essential to your sense of identity right and you have to give up that identity as a member of a nuclear family if you've decided to go that way and and i mean i've been through enough bad breakups to know the psychological dynamics and i can't imagine if you've been married to someone for a decade and had kids with them how much of that is a part of you yeah that when the divorce happens and the conflict starts and the custody battle starts, you are both now immediately post-trauma, mm-hmm. right? Of that identity mm-hmm. trauma. Maybe, mm-hmm. there's no, maybe there's no violence, maybe there's no actual like manifest trauma, but it's a traumatic psychological experience
4: yeah. to end a 10 year marriage. There's yeah. no way around it. Right. right? And, then, and then to continue to fight each other once you've yeah. decided to dissolve that relationship. And then you don't heal. Like- and it's then like, the
1: state ah. is offering itself as the weapon to use against the other and you keep fighting and then you don't right. heal and then right. your children are raised in a conflict based environment and, and i think that has deeply scarred me as well in a way that i'm you know i'm i'm conditioning myself out of even to this day like the theme of today's show of yeah. seeking strategies of harmony versus strategies of conflict and yeah. i got to say it's really beautiful to see your awareness evolving parallel to mine it affirms so much for me and my worldview of what i see as this phase of human evolution and ascension and everything else so chris thank you for your work and thank you for being public about the righteousness of your struggle yeah, um man. what do you want to promote what are you working on right now I mean, we the parents podcast how often are you producing you know wh- yeah. what's what what, what
4: what's, what's your pitch so you know, we, it's, it, this started from the Victims of Family Law, and that was sort of a coalition for the campaign, and that still still exists. But I needed something that took more action, and I felt that just like you, you know, you really inspired me to do a podcast. Um, I felt like I that I'm intelligent, I could speak well, I could articulate. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm an entertainer by, by trade as well as a singer, songwriter, musician. And I felt like I could give a platform to help spread a message. So that evolved from victims of family law, the coalition, which still exists. Uh, you know, it's basically a social media platform only on Facebook. Um, and you know, that's evolved into a podcast. I felt like in this day and age that, that private, you know, private news and podcasting and, and, and battling the disinformation with Mm -hmm. truth with truth and honesty with you know I'm just a dad I'm a dad with it that's that's got a show um and I've had I've had some of the best guests including yourself and you know libertarian vice presidential candidates and um you know psychologists and attorneys and you know, this gives them the platform. And, um, you know, I, I attribute much of my journey to you, Adam and Joey as well. You guys are very good friends of mine who really have only met once or twice, but literally I, I work with you, speak with you. We, I engage with you sadly more than my own children. Um, so I, there's a lot of love on this end to you guys. And, um, and you know, Honestly, I can't wait to come down to uh, the Garden of Freedom and, and hang out with you guys for a week or so.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Really appreciate it. Keep up the great work. All right, we are over time for the day. Uh, our second guest uh, might have had a miscommunication or technical issue, but we'll look forward to having Ron and squeezing her in later this week. Jim, give us the quick producer notes, please
3: what's going on hope you enjoyed the show everybody you can find the links that we didn't get to at t.me forward slash adam versus man everything else is patreon.com forward slash adam man instagram at the garden of freedom homefrontbattlebuddies.com the crypto the number six.com and gogreenenergyonline.com click all those websites but today do them in reverse order have a good day everybody And you can find
1: today's good news in history at goodnewsnetwork.org and in the producer notes, t.me slash Adam versus the man. Really appreciate everybody who's commenting and engaging with me on the Telegram channel because I'm looking to turn to that and disengage from all the other social media. So come talk to me, my place, Telegram. It's fun. t.me slash Adam versus the man. Possibly the future of social media. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent.